1: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado.
1: Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work.
0: We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits.
1: All of a sudden we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com
0: slash Teams. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. There is a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. It's Chris List. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast, and I am joined by Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don, as usual, and uh, what's going on, man? How you doing?
1: Doing all right. Um, I've always made fun of you for being absent-minded, and uh, you uh, you came you did not disappoint today. Uh, you said uh, <laughs> to meet at a certain time to do the podcast, and about forty-five minutes past that time, I emailed you saying, are, "Are you okay?" I mean, I'm always concerned about your you know your health and well-being with the way you live, so I just assumed the worst. But of course, it was just you had totally forgotten about it. So uh, again, proof that you're absent-minded, just completely spaced out. You're just you're just checked out. Completely
0: in line. <laughs> I've checked out completely, yeah. I'm totally. Well, actually, what happened was, uh, usually we do it before the XM show, and I didn't get much sleep last night, and I was trying to squeeze it in before the show. You, as usual, slept extremely late. Uh, we're not able to wake up in time for the, to do it at the regular time. So we No, you didn't give
1: me any notice. First of all, normally we do it on a completely different day (laughs) and you didn't give me any notice until a a 2 a.m. email. My time I woke up and (laughs) yes, it was a little bit past. I gave my daughter breakfast. I checked my email and it was too late at that point. But come on now let's, let's (laughs) tell the whole story here.
0: It was like this morning. I was like, shit, it's Tuesday. I got to get on a plane on Thursday. So I'm not gonna be able to deal with editing this or recording it, you know, for tout. And so I was like, ah, shit, I should just probably just do it this morning. I just sent you an email when I woke up at like 9 a.m. my time which clearly you're not going to be awake then and I'm like okay well maybe you'll get woken up at like 7 check your email and be like all right I can do it so you're right you're right in this case I'm wrong I admit it all right so um I just have a couple things to go through not not
1: a lot going on right now I'm excited to go to um to fly to Las Vegas Friday I know you're going to tout uh, this weekend in New York uh, and I'm flying to Las Vegas for League of Leagues uh weekend of debauchery should should be pretty fun so I'm looking forward to that but um you know, this past uh, Saturday night was uh, one of the more underrated and overlooked uh, sporting nights uh, in a while, actually. Uh, it wasn't really looked forward to that way, but I know not,
0: not many people these days follow boxing, but yeah, um, no, I, well, I, I actually saw, I was, I, some reason I saw something, and I was like, when is he fighting this guy? I saw an ad for a Golovkin fight. What happened? All right. So first of all, the undercard, boxing never yeah. has worthy undercards, What's let alone main events, but.
1: Roman Gonzalez uh, Chocolatito is actually considered by all the reputable sources as the best pound for pound boxer in the world. It's only like 115 pounds, so it's you know, and he's not that well known, obviously. But he was undefeated, 46 and 0, and it's already being called fight of the year. Obviously, the year is young, but nearly 2,000 punches were thrown in this fight, and he lost the decision. It was probably the wrong decision, and a rematch will will occur. But It was an amazing, awesome fight. And that was just the undercard. Triple G had knocked out 23 straight opponents. Um, Everyone's waiting for him to fight Canelo. And this guy, Daniel Jacobs, a a cancer survivor, everyone considered him Triple G's toughest opponent, but still the odds were like minus 700. Most people didn't expect it to last more than five or six rounds. And it went the distance. And I I thought it was extremely close. Could have gone either way. And uh, Triple G won the decision. Another really good fight. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a boxing fan, that was absolutely a fantastic pay-per-view event. So you used to be in bo- into boxing, though, right? I mean, this was a terrific, uh, terrific uh, Saturday night of fights. And oh, um, Triple G lost. He lost. No, tri- tri- Triple G won, but it was a decision. He had he had 23 straight I knockouts
0: see, see. entering this fight. Right. What happens if Triple D fights Triple G? Who wins that?
1: Yeah, it's an excellent point. Um, I, I do have a little bit of, of weight. Actually, I don't. Actually, he has weight on me these days. I've lost some weight, and um, actually, um, not not due to exercise, by the way. But um, uh, I, I think I would give him uh, the slight. He'd be the
0: slight favorite. Yeah, I would imagine.
1: But I fight dirty. And speaking of fighting fans, I know you don't care about this, but it, 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 I can't believe it. But it sounds like closer and closer that Mayweather. Uh, the Mayweather um, fight really is going to happen with McGregor, and that is just going to be absurd. Coming out of retirement, 49-0, uh, McGregor's never had a boxing match. That will absolutely shatter pay-per-view records, and it actually sounds like that. It's only, it's imminent that they're going to both sign on the dotted line, and um, there's just too much money, I guess, for it not to happen, and that's going to be quite the spectacle.
0: But it's going to be a terrible fight, right, because Floyd's just going to punch him 50 times and clutch and dodge and punch him 50 times. And Almost. no one's going to get hurt in that fight at all unless Karen McGregor tackles him and starts just ground and pounding him to death. And if he doesn't just, if he can, if he has enough restraint to just actually box, he's going to get schooled, right? Almost certainly. Yeah. I mean, Mayweather is. You know, uh, just, this is just a cynical money play where they're just going to take all this money and it's going to be the worst fight ever.
1: It'll be hilarious to build up, too, because both talk so much shit. And especially McGregor knows how to sell fights and there'll be all these UFC people thinking that he can win and all these boxing purists knowing that Mayweather will win. And, um, you know, Mayweather's up there in age, and McGregor is the naturally bigger guy. So, I mean, some people could talk themselves into no that. No way. No the, way. The odds will be heavily no heavily way. Mayweather's favor. I know. I, I hear you. I, I totally agree. But anyway, so the, that was really good, boxing. Uh, there was still some March Madness um, going on. And then, I don't know, I found myself, like a lot of people, really into the WBC th- this time around. I've never really paid it much attention, but... These guys, these baseball players, are getting so into it, and, and it, it basically it's they're treating it like World Series, and um, I, I found it very interesting. And uh, the U.S. played that same exact time Saturday night against the Dominican Republic, and John uh, Carlos Stanton hit the fourth fastest home run, due, uh, according to Statcast. Adam Jones robbed Machado of a home run and one of the best catches you will ever see. His teammate, obviously the Orioles, and they tip each other's uh, cap to each other. A great game. U.S. won, advanced to the semifinals. Um, again, there was March Madness. So, really, Saturday night was an underrated, awesome sports night.
0: So, wait, so what's going on? Now? It's U.S. versus who? First, Japan in the semis and won?
1: tonight. That'll already happen by the time you probably edit this. So, that that is Tuesday night.
0: Okay, and how much Japan. did you bet on the U.S. tonight?
1: Um, I haven't yet. They're slight underdogs. And, and uh, there was an, uh, a, 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 a. The winner takes on Puerto Rico tomorrow. Puerto Rico has not lost a game. Uh, this tournament. And one thing that's kind of kind of sucks, but fun- fundamentally, it makes sense because you can't have these players going deep in extra innings and all that. But it went into the 11th inning last night. And uh, when it gets to that stage, uh, the inning starts with runners at first and second. So it kind of cheapens their win a little bit. But again, they have not lost yet. And the winner of tonight's game uh, uh, plays faces them tomorrow. Should, what about do you think I should lay some wood on uh, on, on the U.S. tonight? Kind of
0: surprised the U.S. is favored over Japan. I mean, the Japan No, they're is favored not. Over no, no the they're just
1: like dogs. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I don't think they've lost either. You no. Know, obviously, it's I mean, not our A team.
0: Who's pitching for Japan? <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. I mean, somebody have never pitch. heard
0: of, right? Now, maybe Problem. they just know how to play that. But it's weird. You would think the U.S. guys would 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 be favored, but.
1: So you haven't watched much of it at all? If not any. really
0: at all. I saw I saw the uh, the GIF of uh, Adam Jones robbing the home run, and I saw Stanton's home run on Twitter. But no, I haven't really been. Uh, watching any of it It, you know i kind of don't like having players in it you know i mean obviously there's so many star players that are that are in it but like especially if they go deep it's like they get all this emotion and adrenaline rush and they get ramped up to full speed so quickly and it's like then they got to come down and like go back into the grind of the regular season i I don't it's it's not great for fantasy baseball
1: oh i totally yeah no i'm with you as far as that not wanting to uh not wanting to have my, my, my fantasy guys participate, especially the pitchers., um, Okay, it's funny. I'm looking at the last I checked uh, Japan was favored, now US. is minus 140. That just has to be a function of homer you know Us the money going on on the home team. That has to be a function of that, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you'd think the home team with the bigger name star major league baseball players should be favored. It was, it's weird that Japan was favored originally, but I right. guess it right. kind of sounds it's, like Japan's like probably the good bet if they set it like that originally, and now the lines move that much
1: right yeah it is in l.a as you mentioned so anyway i thought that's been pretty uh pretty fun and entertaining but i am with you as far as your your fantasy players not wanting to get taxed and it's not like a you know uh they have pitch limits and all that stuff but it's not like a your regular exhibition game where you're working on stuff and 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 not taxed these people are absolutely treating it full bore 100 percent. so it's definitely different and, and I hear you in that aspect for sure I, I guess some
0: of them could get off to like hot starts in April like they're just full speed where everyone else is sort of getting warmed up you know I mean you could see it that way but I don't know I don't know if that's good like emotionally to be on this huge roller coaster where you're you're playing for your country it's like such a big deal and then you go back down and you're playing like the Astros in like April 12th
1: what about March Madness? You watch any, any NCAA
0: hoops or no? Nah, I don't give a shit about that. I know. I was just curious. It was, you didn't miss too much either. It's uh, you a know what? Bit of- I do, I, When I'm in the U.S., I do watch a little bit. And I do like it. And I used to get really into it in college. I used to watch it all the time. But I don't know. College sports, not that down with college sports.
1: Yeah, the product is obviously not as good. And, and, and especially these days when, when they're, you know all the best players are one and done, you can't ever really get to know a team and especially when you're someone like myself who only pays attention during the tournament. Um, uh, uh, and uh, the, the, the officiating has been pretty atrocious as well. So, uh, yeah, the product isn't as great, but, you know, it, it can be is a
0: great structure. Like, it's a great setup. The one and done, anybody can win, is, is a great, you know, it's like the NBA sadly has these boring-ass long series and doesn't have that kind of drama. I mean, by the time you get to Game 7, it's like, you've seen how much of this stuff can you watch anymore, you know? It's like... So I, I get it. It's great. Um, I'm into it when, you know, when I'm like watching at a normal time and actually like paid more atten- some attention where I had some serious pools. I entered your pool after last week's podcast at the last second. And because we were doing the podcast, you know, 45 minutes before it locked, um, I was actually literally talking to you while just forwarding the free bracket that I put into Peter Shanky's pool. Peter Shanky's like, this is the free staff one. You'll get a note in the ring of honor if you win. It's no money. So I literally put it together in like 40 seconds, and I was just doing weird stuff. And I I forgot, you know, because it was like a day or two later when you and I were talking. And I had Creighton going to the Elite Eight. I don't know why. I, don't, I can't name a player. I was just like, oh, let's just put this like 11 seed in the Elite Eight just because why not, you know. And so then I, you know, yours is 50 bucks, So I like just forward that into yours, and then we're like getting into the tournament. And I'm like, wait. I have Creighton in the Elite Eight? Like, what the fuck? Like, I would never would have done that in a $50 pool. Only in a free pool would I do something like that. Um, and so, wow. Well, you
1: know we'll what, no, though? There's, there's just 15 people in my pool, and you have Kansas winning it. So you actually are still very much alive because of the the, the format, you know, that doubles. I'm not going Basically,
0: to win that. No, I can't win because I was looking them. at um, two other people had Kansas, I think. And I had uh, Duke in the final. So, like, I, 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 I mean, and I had Creighton in the Elite Eight. Like, there's almost no way I'm going to win even if Kansas wins. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So uh, when's the last time you've been uh, back to the States? Uh, I know you're like, as you said, you're going, you're going to town. Which town do you in? AL. AL only. Okay. And then uh,
0: so when, is this the first time in, in a long time, right? I haven't been in the States since July 20th, the day we left for Berlin. Yeah. So that's you look far, far to it. Far the longest I've been out of the country. I mean, my match was like two that's... weeks before, something like that. Right. <laughs> this is. Yeah. This is six months, so it's going to be weird. I'm not even going back home. I'm going to New York. Well, it's where I'm from, but it's not where I live. So I'm kind of dreading the flight. You know, I've I well,
1: that's this. a perfect perfect segue. Actually, I was going to, you know, give you the the floor here, talk about a couple of, of articles that you've written recently. And the first might as well be your airplane travel co- column, which I, I enjoyed. I, I read it from beginning to finish, and I and I'd recommend it.
0: Well, thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean. It, it's so obvious, right? Like airport security and the, the whole process of getting on a plane is so horrific, and everybody agrees with it. It's just, it's a terrible dehumanizing experience, and and it's totally avoidable. And so basically, you know, when you get to the airport, the problem is you have to pay to check a bag, and it's free to carry on a bag. So what that does is incentivizes everybody to carry their bags through the airport as much as possible. I thought
1: that was your best. I thought that was their best point. I never thought of that. That's that, like fundamentally backward.
0: It's totally stupid because, A, like dragging your fucking bag through the airport is, is a pain in the ass. If you have to go take a piss or you got to go eat some food or you got to go, you know, you want to go buy a book or whatever, it's like you're lugging this bag with you. Security takes much longer because everyone's got to put their bag on the conveyor belt, right? So that's like a whole other thing. And then also everybody's lined up at the gate, even though it's, the plane's not boarding for 20 more minutes because they're terrified that if they don't line up now, even though they have an assigned seat that they're going to miss the precious overhead space. And then what are they going to do? You're going to have to put your bag in the very back. And then you're going to wait for everyone to get off the plane. You're going to go back and get it. Okay, so that's one thing. So now you're waiting for 20 minutes standing up before, you even, before the gate even opens. Then it opens, and you're standing there on line in the jetway waiting for everybody to put each bag in. There's like six people per aisle, even on a small plane. And they're all putting each bag in, and it takes time. So everyone's crawling so slowly, and it takes half an hour, 40 minutes to board. So even if you get on early, you're, like, sitting there for half an hour in this uncomfortable, shitty seat before the plane even takes off because you're waiting for them to put their goddamn bags in, which takes forever, okay? And then, of course, on the way out, it takes another 15 minutes. You're waiting for them to get their bags out so you can leave the plane. And all this is avoidable. If they're all checked, you just go right on the plane. Everybody just has their carry-on, you know, their, their under-the-seat carry-on. It takes 10 minutes to board. You're not, you're not wasting half an hour of everybody's time with these bags and another, you know, 20, 10 minutes extra on the way out. And you're not worried about uh, overhead space because you don't need it, so you're not like standing there. And so that is a huge savings of time and, and stress and standing in line. So that's that's obvious, right? But that's just the beginning, right? The, the, last so,
1: flight I, the last flight I was on in Southwest, they actually opened the back and front and let let people leave in the back and in the front, and uh, I found that interesting and that was a little bit more efficient. But you're still so right.
0: I, but it's, it's, I mean, it's still you know, it's like you got to wait for everybody with their stupid
1: ass bag, right? It is so. I can't believe it, it takes 15 minutes just to unload because of all those o- overhead baggage. It's, it's,
0: right. It's, it's Nobody crazy. should have bags there, right? And they should actually just pull those out because it's so low. You hit your head if you stand up, and like it's just so claustrophobic being in a plane. Like if you if you were to just you know, only have a couple of storages for online baggage for people who really need it, like people with small kids, and pull that shit out. Just have a higher ceiling, more space. It would be a lot nicer. And then and then, secondly, the other big thing is security. Like, first of all, the bags alone would help really speed up security because got everyone's got to load their bags on the, the conveyor belt. But why are we going fucking single file through a metal detector and all the bags go through single file? And there's some dude sitting there who sits through 40 hours a week of thousands and thousands of bags finding absolutely nothing except people's fucking toothpaste and shampoo that he tells people they have to, to pour out, and they're looking at him all pissed off, and that's his entire job, and he never finds anything of any importance ever. And if they did, it would be national news. If they found a bomb or someone with a gun accessible on the plane, it would be big news. You never hear anything. These guys go through 40 hours a week of having an absolutely pointless job, and they must be bored out of their skulls, and they never find anything. And there's actually been tests done by like the TSA to sneak contraband through there and they usually get through right so this is all just total crap what you do instead is you have a room-wide metal yeah, detector. yeah wasn't that head guy uh, fired a couple years ago yeah they fired like the head of it because it wasn't working but you know it's no better it's just it's just security theater but to the extent you're serious about it and you want the metal detectors and you care about it you have a metal detector that's the size of a room and everybody walks through at the same time and if somebody has something that sets it off like a belt or whatever it'll shine a little infrared thing on them or flag them somehow and they'll say no you can't come with us go back through again and instead of putting your bag on a single-file thing and waiting for all these, like, older people who take 20 minutes to get their bag on the conveyor belt, just have a, uh, another 50-foot-wide conveyor belt that everybody goes to. Instead of a, a plastic bin, you have a closed – a locking plastic bin with a key in it, like a locker room. You get your key. You open the bin. You put your stuff in. You lock the bin. You put it on. Everybody just does it as soon as they get there, and then they all walk through at once, and they collect their bin on the other side. Now you, there's no line for security. Security is just something that happens all at once, and there's a scanner through which all the bins go. That's it. Done. Right now, there's no security lines and you're not even carrying all these bags. So it's even faster. I don't I don't see the issue. And you just put the key back in the bin when you're done with it and it gets recycled for somebody else to use. So th- those yep, those are my me. those are my main points.
1: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense to me. It is a very frustrating experience. Uh, go. I mean, people are so slow. And, and even to this day, after even though it's been like whatever, how many years since they've implemented these changes, I, I still inevitably get. Behind people who say what I got to take my shoes off what I got to take my belt off like, oh, I go I got to put this laptop in this bucket I mean they, right. half the people don't even know what they're doing and it's just like it's like the well, first time I swear half the people in front of me it's the first time they've flown in the last 20 years this
0: almost but, always happens but the fault you know isn't with them right it's like this dehumanizing cumbersome process that nobody should have to deal with and and, and the thing you know that's so ridiculous is like. The message to the human being going to the airport is, fuck you, we don't give a fuck about your time, we don't give a fuck about your experience, we don't care that you're stressed out, that you're, you've got here an hour and a half early, and now the line is so long, and you're stressed out you're going to miss the flight, and you, yet you still have to sit there and wait and wait and have stress and carry this bag that probably should have been checked, but we're going to charge you 75 bucks to check it, so you are fucking got the shit on your shoulder, you're stressing out, and they treat you like a fucking cattle and you it's just miserable it's so dehumanizing it's like the airport who's it for it's for me it's for you it's for people human beings wanting to travel we pay for the ticket our taxes pay for the airports make it treat you like a human being you know which is just what i'm saying and and the easy thing about the checking the bags like so when you bring a bag to the airport not only should it be free to check the moment you make contact with the airport, whether it's in the train station below the airport that you take, hopefully there's good public transportation, which that should be a given, or at the curbside you know, with your cab, there should be a giant conveyor belt that you literally just dump your bags on right away. You don't need a porter. You don't need to tip anybody. You don't need bag tags. You have a little chip in your bag that's synced with your boarding pass. It knows which flight to put it on because your chip has your info on it, and your boarding pass is in the system telling it where you are going, which plane you're going on. And it just, you just put it in, and it goes right through. Of course, there needs to be security to you know, scan your bag, but they do that now. When you go now and check your bag, they don't open it you know, at the check-in gate. They just put it on the thing, and obviously somebody – it goes through some sort of X-ray scanner. So it's the same thing, and, and you just build that. It's not that expensive. A bunch of conveyor belts under the airport, I mean, a few million bucks here or there. It's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, I guess most people che- uh, carry on all their luggage, but I'm I'm one of those weirdo weirdos that always checks a bag. I don't I just I don't know. I always have shaving cream or whatever in there that uh, that it's I know it's more than three ounces, and I apparently pack heavily. And then I just bring a backpack on with my laptop and a couple magazines, and and then I can, that I can just put under right. the seat in front of me. I don't well, ever deal with overhead. I haven't dealt with an overhead bin ever, and. Uh, but waiting in that line to check the bag is a pain in the ass, but, um, but I don't know. Fly, it,
0: well, you always fly the sure flights too, but, but the thing is you should be compensated. You're getting, you're the one paying and you're the one who makes it easier for everybody. You quicker through security. You're not clogging up. the I, whole system. Yeah,
1: I always, I always fly Southwest and, um, you're right. Yeah. It's the, it's the free, it's right. free check bag. Right. Exactly. You're saying. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's just, they're, they're gross Two bathrooms too. <laughs> the floors and everything. It's, uh, I don't, What are your thoughts about the whole, um, the, that x ray thing? Because I, I, I almost 99, to, uh, 98 times out of 100, I do the one that you have to, you know, hold your. Your 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 hands above your head, that extra crazy one, the, the circles. You know, I mean, do you worry about that? Oh, you do that's that? Great.
0: Oh, oh yeah, you're definitely getting brain cancer. I mean, it's like 75 yeah. percent in like the next five. I figure years. if that if that's what puts me in after all the other
1: stuff I've done, then that's that that be funny. But um, so, you be know, funny. See, that's but
0: like such a waste. Like for that bullshit, you, you actually that's what killed you. So I would get you the demand pat down. what a pat down? You, you pat down. demand yeah. pat
1: downs for different reasons though. That's different. Yeah, but we'll I never the little
0: gray, the little testicle <laughs> graze that you get while you're okay. getting patted down. It's nice. It's a nice little bonus. No, I just I'm just like, fuck that. I, I, you know, look, now that I've got global entry, I can just go through the metal thing. So, like, I pay, that's just so worth it. Skip the line. Okay. But I don't think that's the solution for everything here is, um, OK, well, it really is horribly dehumanizing process to go through security. So why don't we have the people that can afford to pay 100 bucks who travel enough and pay money? make it a little easier on them. We're not going to like make the thing better for everybody, but the rich people are the ones with the influence. So we'll just make it a little easier on them. How's that? Is that better? Like that's their solution rather than just fundamentally fixing the problem, which is just, you know, it's like, yeah, I get it. 9-11 happened. But first of all, 9-11 was not even a failure of airport security. Nobody had a gun or a bomb on those planes. It was box cutters. So it was a failure of government intelligence. They certainly haven't fixed that shit. So, So their response to that was like, let's dehumanize the population and make them all seem like potential threats.
1: So anyway, well, a couple what, things. Couple, couple, couple things about that, real quick. I just want to comment on uh, two other things. Not only, as you said, box cutters, but also you can't get into the cockpit anymore. Uh, right. That that's that's key. And and right. the other thing is, people. The reason that, that part of the reason that, that that you know came to completion is because all the passengers didn't. They just assumed that they're flying to some destination. Right. You know but, what I mean? That would be like um, a blackmail I, hostage
0: thing, not like just right. suicide. So
1: not so, only would that not last. Um, Now, it didn't even last that day. The other one, you know, headed to the Pentagon or whatever, The people got word from their family that, oh, this is a suicide mission. And obviously didn't have a happy ending, but people, you know, they they fought back. So it didn't even last hours before people, you know, behaved differently. that's the
0: story we got. That's the story we got. I I mean, that may well be true, but then again, someone might have shot it down too. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm not a total 9-11 truther. I'm not that far, but like. I'm also suspicious of the official story, but whatever. I don't want to get too down that rabbit hole, which I don't trust me. I could go. Oh, but I digressed a bit. You're asking about those metal detectors. And so I go, I don't, I go through the regular one. I have a global entry, but before I had it, I got the path down every time. And I don't want that fucking radiation. And they're like, no, 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 it's safe. It's safe. You really think that's safe? You believe that shit? Look, who made those? No, that's
1: why I asked you. I'm curious. I'm definitely skeptical.
0: Thornberry used to say, when you're at the dentist and you get an x-ray, they put that thing on your chest and the dentist or the technician goes in the other room to press the button, right? Right, right. They're not like, stand, <laughs> right. you know I mean? Like, so that, that thing's going around and around and the guy's working there. It's terrible. Like they're like five feet from that thing. And whenever the guy's patting me down or they're looking at me or whatever, like what's what, what's up with him? Why is he not going through? I'm like, dude, you guys, I, I wouldn't trust this. You guys shouldn't be working here all day. I wouldn't, you know, and, and they just get pissed at me when I say that but i am kind of joking cuz they're like giving me a hard time so i start giving getting under their skin a little bit but but on the other hand i'm i'm kind of serious like you think that company which, which is just total bullshit. It's like some contractor that, that is friends with somebody in the government was like, oh, we can build these things at like $20 million a pop, and we'll install them at some airports, and you hire us to do it. And they're like, that's great. That's much better security than what we have. Let's do that. We need to be tough on terror. So he gets his buddy this big contract, and that guy's company builds these fucking things, right? And they say, yeah, it's safe. We've done the test. Oh, yeah, can you prove it? Yeah, we did some internal studies. Here they are. Here's our studies. There's no radiation. We put some animals in there. They didn't get sick. Whatever they did, right? So they're like, okay, sign off, it's good. You really believe that they know that that stuff is safe long term? You think they have any idea that that stuff is safe? They have no idea. They don't care. If, if people start getting cancer like 15, 20 years from now and nobody knows what it's from, and they're not going to be able to prove that it came from those things, the only way they can prove it is if the people that work there get it, you know, like in a crazy disproportionate amount, that they can right. prove. But like those people have no power. Those people are all poor. Like maybe they get a class action and whatever, but like, you know, it, it's just one of these things where. Come on. You really think someone's minding the story there with the safety of those things? I'm not saying I know that they're bad. I'm just saying, like, look at the, the dentist and the way they deal with x-rays. I'm not walking through that shit. Every time I fly so much, I'm not every time going through that shit. I'll deal with the pat-down. As I said, you get a free nut rub.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I ask because I, I always end up just dealing with it, and it's probably – Probably something I'll regret down the, down the road. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You're not saying that it is bad, but you're, you're saying that you're sure that, that they don't know that it's not I'm bad. Saying
0: that I'm not sure that they don't know this bad, but if we're betting money on it, whether it's truly been tested and vetted, I would bet more than even money. You know, I'd definitely bet a lot on even money, that it's not seriously vetted in any sort of rigorous sense. Right. Because it's a right, well, profit source, that, that machinery
1: funny that we're both talking about this we're both gonna have to deal with this in a couple days right. so um should be should be fun well, you have, uh, they don't have
0: that that bullshit they don't have that x-ray one they just have the metal detector is fine it's a metal detector right i mean
1: right right yeah well i'm dealing with what is it mclaren airport in, in vegas that's a, a real classy uh airport but let's talk a little baseball before we go and i have to make a long podcast here but um uh, once again i'll give you the the floor because you came out with what three blog posts recently basically concluding your whole steamer uh, NFBC type valuation. I believe they were all. Uh, no, they weren't all just hitters. Actually, hitters and and pitchers here. So, so go ahead, uh, pontificate, Liz.
0: Yeah, just a, I, I'll just give you my findings, right. So what I did was Steamer, sort of the best machine-based projections, and the NFBC ADP is the best sort of wisdom of crowds, wisdom of an informed crowd, human-based projections. And I, you know, kind of compared and contrasted them. What the humans like, what players the machine likes which players they differ on, which players they agree on, and to, to score uh, the NFBC draft by dollar value and, you know, say, well, how do they do versus Steamer? And I had a few things that, that I did that I think improved the overall rankings. First off, I, we used to say Kershaw's a no-brainer, number one over Trout. But when I re-ran the numbers, Kershaw's only 86 cents more than Trout. And, and the funny thing is I did it for, for the NFBC contest. And and the NFBC, when I, when I converted their – uh, rankings, their ADP into dollar values. And I added up all the pitching ones and all the hitting ones. What do you think? You know, you do 70-30 splits for hitting pitching. Say that's like a standard split, like in labor. Sure. Or something. Sure. What do you think the NFBC split is? 60-40. Um, Not that extreme. It's 66-34. But it's okay. considerably more pitching heavy than, you know, if you, if you were to translate their each pick into a certain dollar value and go down from, you know, the $45 at number one to $1 ones at number 276, which is... 12-team league, 23 players a team. So it's like, okay, so they're spending even more on pitching. And when I did it that way, Kershaw was worth less. Now, how could that be? Kershaw should be worth more, right? Because he was way more than Trout on the 70-30 split. Why is he less in the NFBC? Well, I did two things differently. One is I took out all the closers, and I counted them as a separate position. So instead of having nine pitchers and calculating value that way, I pretended you had six starters, two relievers, and one flex. could be a reliever or a starter. I mean, you rerun the numbers that way because that's how you have to play in the NFPC. You can't just not have saves because you'll never win the overall and half your entry fee goes to the overall. When you do it that way, then Kershaw's going against only starters. So there's more guys who contribute in whip and ERA, which is Kershaw's strongest categories because the baseline is, is worse for starters than it is for relievers. So that oddly brings down his value a little bit. Secondly, I think Steamer, I'm pretty sure changes his value. It changes his projections a little bit. They they gave him like .97 whip instead of .92 and 230, 70 RA instead of 230. I don't know why, and I'm not even positive they did, but my memory serves me. I think they changed the projection a little bit. And then third, um, when I did the hitters, and again, they're only getting 66, not 70 now, I took out catchers. And I added up what the NFPC spends on catchers. And what it turns out is that the NFPC, if you go by ADP, spends basically double the resources on closers as it does catchers. So twice as much money is being taken away from starting pitchers and put toward closers as it is taken from regular position players and put toward catchers. So when you did all three of those things, um, it turned out the trout was still less than Kershaw, but by eighty six cents. And so that number one pick is not a no brainer. It's actually kind of a close call.
1: That is interesting. Um, that is surprising because before, how many how many more dollars was he? He was like.
0: Six more dollars
1: or something like that. Well, That's drastic, then. Yeah, that's interesting. But, I mean, fundamentally, it makes sense. I mean, we're, the, I, we're crazy enough to say Kershaw over Trout, but I, I, I feel like it was kind of a coin flip. I do feel like those two are the, the clear-cut guys and on my board.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think so, too. And now a couple other findings. Uh, there's two closers that, uh, according to Steamer through my system, are the fifth and seventh overall pitchers. Those would be Kenley Jansen and Roldis Chapman, respectively ahead of Kluver and a couple other guys, ahead of Cueto. No catcher was even worth $20 after adjusting for the catcher scarcity and using a lower baseline for them. I'm going to punt catchers that have been. I just don't think they're worth it. You know, if you can get Posey in like the sixth round or something or Sanchez in the fifth or sixth, good, but you're not going to get them there, and they're not worth it. The last thing was when I compared the outliers, I looked at, okay, which guys does Steamer really like uh, much more than the NFBC guys, and which does the— at which do the NFBC guys like much more than steamer. When I did that, all the guys at the NFBC liked were speed guys. And you can look at that two ways. One is I didn't make a special I didn't make a special scarcity adjustment for steals like I did for saves. Okay?
1: Yeah, because I mean steamers measuring real life value, right?
0: I no, mean- no, no. Steamers doing five by five projections. I mean they do more than that, but I took their five by five projections.
1: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. I got, I got your saying. I got, I got your saying. Okay.
0: okay. So I took their projections and, you know, they're valuing, you know, the Adam Joneses and Carlos Gonzalez's and Matt Carpenters and players like that higher. And the NFBC loves the Jonathan VR's and the, you know, AJ Pollock's and the, you know, all the fast guys, a lot higher D Gordon, whatever. Steamers steamer says they're worth way less than the NFC does. But they are, whether you should or not, they are drafting that way. They are pushing up the steals guys uh, beyond their overall value just because of the scarcity of those steals.
1: And and right or wrong, that matters, right? The, The fact that that is happening, right? Right or wrong, you have to account for that.
0: Yes and no. And this is sort of the question, and this is sort of I'm not really sure how I feel about this. Okay. With, with the saves, you have to get saves. Again, the NFPC is an overall contest, and half your entry fee goes toward the overall to try to win the hundred grand. And you can't just say, oh, I don't care about the overall. I'm just going to try to do well in my league and get second place. You can't punt saves. So, so there's only 30 closers, probably 28 usable ones at any given time, and you must get your share of them. You can't just not get them. But with steals, I mean, you can be a little light on steals and be like, well, you know, the waivers, sometimes guys get called up. Last year, VR was a Either a waiver wire or a twenty eighth round pick or whatever, Trey Turner came out of nowhere, stole a ton of bases. Eduardo Nunez stole a ton of bases out of nowhere. Steals come from nowhere sometimes, you know. Saves, there's turnover, but people have the closures in waiting. You know, it, it's it, it's not as easy to get the saves, and everybody knows, sees it coming, and everyone bids a million dollars on the on the waiver wire. But with steals, right. it, it's a little bit easier to acquire during the season.
1: Maybe that's true. I mean, maybe that's true. It's not like Trey Turner wasn't on every single team leaving the draft last year.
0: But I'm sure people dropped him and VR was, you know, picked up or picked super late. I, again, like, it's not easy because also you can get a Jared Dyson situation where the guy gets 300 at-bats and he's scoring 38 runs on the year and you just can't have him in your lineup just for the Seals.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Same with Rajay Davis when he wasn't a starter. I mean, those, are, those guys, unless you're in a daily format – who by the way, those guys skyrocket in value in that case, if you if you're willing to, you know, see if they're in the starting lineup on a given day. But otherwise you're right. They just destroy you in four other categories to the point that they're just worthless, even even if they're getting thirty-five bags and three hundred at bats. That sounds almost better in a way, but that's only if you're able to use them when they're starting, basically. And some of those come Pinch running also, which are worthless.
0: Right, you, know, you, you, not, need, you need eighty runs. You know, I mean, you really need eighty runs with your steal guy. You can't because he's not going to get you power. You know, the and if he hits two seventy five, you know, you can't have him hit two forty with forty three runs. It just he's not right. rosterable. So that is the right. problem with steals. And I'm not saying you can find the steals. I'm saying it's just not a closed number of thirty like a closer. Like there's just only these guys who who have this capacity. Anybody could steal can be different positions. Usually it's obviously outfield and middle infield. There's not many first baseman, third baseman, though there's a few. Um, and so it's, it's really only a couple of positions, but you – it's not a fixed number. So, so, so that's one thing. And the second thing is, is it better to say, you know what, the market is – I need this commodity. The market's making it expensive. I need to get in and pay for it to compete or to say, you know what, I'm going to get so much more value as these guys overpay for steals. I'm going to take the, the surplus that's left over in the Adam Joneses and the Carlos Gonzalez and the slow guys that people aren't drafting. And then because steals are, you know, it is possible to get sort of later steals guys. They just need to get the job and and keep it kind of gamble on that aspect of your draft. And my, I've been leaning toward the latter that I think it's, I think it's better to not really pay up for Jonathan VR in round two and gamble later on.
1: So it's so funny. Uh, I I did not enter uh, this season thinking I wanted Jonathan VR in a lot of my teams and um, totally he has a, he has a 20th ADP in NFBC in Yahoo leagues, it's fi- it's around 5.1, and my colleagues keep making fun of me. I, I get that there's going to be regression, but this guy led all of baseball at 62 steals, added 19 homers. He's 25 years old. Milwaukee has increased home runs over the last three years, like by the second highest percentage of of, of any stadium other than like uh, no sorry other than Yankee Stadium, um, and he just ends up on a ton of my teams because. I feel like they're they're correcting in, in other formats other than NFBC, who, where I think he's getting kind of properly drafted because if you based him off last year's stats, it'd be a top five pick. So he's an interesting guy that just happens to keep ending up on my teams, but it's just basically uh, 100% just on the market in which I've been drafting. But in NFBC, that'll be an entirely different story. I've already done one, and I'm gonna do a big $1,500 Roto-Wire uh, championship um, in, in a couple of weeks, which I'm looking forward to. But I really feel like, Don't you think you should be going 20th and not uh, 45th or somewhere in between? What do you think?
0: So Steamer, uh, this is just with my projections. And again, without giving any extra bonus for steals, it's treated like any other category. They have VR as a $21.48 player, Steamer's projections. But NFBC, based on ADP, has them as a $30 player, Mm -hmm. $30.38 player, so $9 more. I mean, the, the NFBC values at the very top are a little skewed the way I did it, but... I think this is fair. He's the 20th ADP overall. So I, I have been 30.38, but, you know, you could say he should be 29, whatever, 28. But he's still a good seven bucks more. So Steamer has him as a legitimate player, certainly higher than fifth round, probably more like mid-fourth. You know, and Steamer is looking at his steals and how many steals he's likely to have and building in some regression and the power and the age and the park and all those things that Steamer uses. And they're not perfect, but they have him, someone with that length of track record. How real is this, right? That's, steamer's whole thing is how real is it? It's a, a Bayesian system where it's like they have their belief about the guy based on his priors, based on what he's done and, and and how much of it, and they keep adding new data as it goes and refining their understanding. And to the extent that there's uncertainty about who he is, they regress. And they, they've back-tested it, I assume, in such a way that this is like the most accurate way to do it for the general population of players. And so it doesn't mean that he, you know, every player is individual. So Steamer can be totally wrong in any one of these players. They're just saying what usually happens with these guys at this age in this situation. So they have him at $21.50. And, again, that's not adjusting for, for scarcity. I think the NFBC, that their projections for him are probably not that different. Their mental projections than Steamer's, it's just that they're valuing those projections differently. They're making those steals more valuable because they're scarce.
1: Makes sense. Uh, yeah, he strikes out a lot. I doubt he'll hit 285 again, but he also walks a lot. Like, the on-base is, is pretty good, so we'll see. He's definitely an interesting test case. Normally, I'm not a guy wanting to pay for last year's stats. Kind of came out of nowhere, but again, the the Yahoo formats, he's just really fallen. And that's partially because of my my colleagues, Andy, Pienau, and, and Brandon. I don't think really believe in him at all. Now, and why that's, are they so
0: that... dubious? I mean, you're right. He, the year before, he had, like, a little mini breakout. He was serviceable in, like, a part-time role. It's not like this is a total scrub who can't hit, right? I mean, as of 2015, he started to look, look like he could hit. He was kind of like Cesar Hernandez this year. Like, he was like a, a guy who ran and got on base, and maybe this guy's not bad. And then he had the breakout. So I, I, I'm surprised they're that skeptical. But, you know, Steamer is, is not that skeptical. They have him as a $21, dollars a half dollar player. So that's, you know, that's still like probably the 40th or 50th overall player.
1: You got anything else, Liz? You want to talk politics? What I, I, know, I know next week we'll, um, we'll have some good stuff. You, you can talk about the tout resort results, and I'll talk about League of Leagues. So we'll have um, some actual uh, – a little bit less nonsense than usual and some actual um, draft results to talk about, And so not just baseball but other sports as well. So you got anything else for me before we head out for the, yeah, for the weekend
0: trip? Yeah, I got one more thing. I, I, I could get into politics, but I, I'm just going to not. But um, I uh, got my NFBC main event draft slot today, I found out. And I got second, and that was my top choice. Right, right. It's messed up because people probably are getting suspicious, but it's totally above board. But the last four years, I've gotten first, second, first, second. The last four years, my draft slot at the main, which is just very unlikely to get that. I'm very happy to get second because uh, I think I'll get Kershaw, though Matt Modica, a guy uh, I follow on Twitter who knows what he's doing. is picking. Yeah, I know him. We follow each other, too. He's got two number ones. He got the number one Saturday and Sunday. And he said he's going to go Kershaw on one and Trout in the other. He's just not sure which. So I'm hoping he goes Trout. i hope he's not man enough to go Kershaw, actually, is what it is. Or if he's, you know, shocked the world and take, like, Mookie bets there. But the thing is, I'm hoping to get Kershaw. I think it's easier to build your team with the two hitters at that turn on the way back. And I looked at it in the 15-teamer, and if I get Trout, which I'm very happy at number two, I may take Verlander and Strasburg at two and three, which is pushing them up about 10, 15 picks. But I don't like the pitchers that are there on the way back. And it's sort of like now or never. I have Trout get two pitchers. And so that's why I'd rather have Kershaw and get two hitters on the 2-3 turn. You can't get Darvish there? I doubt it, and I don't really like him that much.
1: Okay. All right. Interesting. My, my guy's Strasburg. I like it. Um, no, you're totally right. I mean, obviously they're not coming all the way back and if you don't like the other pitchers coming back, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, it, yeah, it sucks that it's not uh, quote unquote value or, and you're, you're reaching whatever, but yeah, that makes sense. So, so yeah. yeah those so two
0: guys aren't coming back to me in four or five. And exactly. so I don't want to take Carlos Carrasco with whatever elbow issue he has. I mean, I could, or Carlos Martinez who walks too many guys, but he throws really hard. I mean, there's guys like that. I don't even think DeGrom makes it back at the 4-5. So, oh,
1: I'd take him for sure. But other, so otherwise, you're saying if you draft Kershaw, too, then you kind of like the two hitters there. You feel more comfortable.
0: Right. I like Ryan Braun there, Stanton. There, there's plenty of guys that fall typically to that level. So if I get Kershaw and then I get Braun and Stanton on the 2-3, now I'm happy. Now I've got plenty of power, good average from Braun, 15 steals from Braun, the best pitcher. and
1: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. You're not, you're not flying back for that. Are you doing that? Are you doing that
0: online? No, I'm flying back for that. That that's the same weekend as Tout. It's both uh, this weekend, and I'm doing it in New York.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, perfect, perfect. That'll be fun. Two breaks with that Saturday night.
0: Um, no, mine's on Sunday. I think it's the only league drafting Sunday. The guy who won it, Rob Silver, who's in our league of leagues, he's in it. Yeah. There's a bunch of other like I mean, every you know any NFBC main league is always loaded. Like you're never gonna get a league that has a bunch of scrubs in it. But I like it. You know, I mean, to me, it's like bring on the best players. It's fun. The environment's fun. So.
1: Yeah, definitely. Looking All right. Well, it. good luck. Good luck. And we'll be in touch a lot this weekend, too, as much as you can. But, um, uh, you know, we'll be back and forth. Uh, I'll, uh, you updated your NFL cheat sheet,
0: you said? Yeah, I didn't put Marshawn Lynch on it because he's still officially retired. But, like, the last pick in the draft, I was thinking, get Marshawn Lynch. Right. <laughs> okay. don't right, forget right. about those guys. Like, last time I told you to get Joel Embiid, and you totally forgot
1: no, no, no. We had him. I just couldn't hold him for oh. the entire year. The entire year, oh, last I
0: year we couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah. Okay. You
1: know, yeah, I yeah. think that actually, I shouldn't admit this, but I think I didn't realize that we had two injured spots, and I might have been able to. I kind of you, blew that. up. Um, if we. Uh, but we're doing
0: well in that league. We're making money. We just got PayPal six hundred twenty-five bucks each, and we may get more if you can pull out this hoop. So. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, we, are,
1: we are.
0: We are tied for first entering nice. today. It's
1: really coming down to the end. It's pretty intense.
0: I'm reasonably satisfied with your performance. The uh, and, and also we're in second in the NFBKC. And we're gaining a little, but just put the the pedal down because there's a lot of crazy stuff in April. And I know a lot of ground. I know. I am I'm on it. All right. All right, ma'am. All right, take it easy. All right, you too, Liz. Later. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast, sponsored by Fandle, special offer for new users. Get a free six-month red subscription with a ten dollar deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll have that ten dollars available to play with on FanDuel. It's more than forty dollars in value for just ten bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash rw.